1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Slash Film Daily for Wednesday, April 14th, 2021. On today's episode, we're going to discuss what we've been up to at the water cooler. This is Slash Film Editor-in-Chief Peter Sorata, and joining me on today's podcast is Slash Film Weekend Editor, Brad Oman. Hey, that's me. Senior writer, Ben Pearson. Hey, what's going on? And writer's y Tran Bowie.
2: Hey, everyone.
1: And Chris Evangelista. Hello. So Jacob is away today. He will return next week, and, you know. I mean that—that that means the book isn't here for the end of the episode. So that, so that's a win, right? Win-win. <laughs> win. Uh, I mean, I guess lose-win because Jacob isn't here, but but it, it, it's the positive side of Jacob not being here is so the, the book doesn't come out. So just, I'm just say trying you to hate look
2: Jacob on... and go, Peter.
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm just looking on the upside here. Is what I'm trying to say. Okay, let, let's move into what we've been doing. Yesterday was Chris's birthday. Chris, happy birthday! Happy Thank birthday! You. Happy birthday! Oh, oh, happy
3: birthday! Thank you, everyone.
1: <laughs> Chris seems like the person, like me, who like the the biggest thing they dread is like going out to eat on their birthday and like someone telling the waiter that it's their birthday and, and yes, don't having oh, people come over and sing happy birthday. I love
2: no. that. No, th-
3: no, if that, that ever happened to me, I would
2: Free turn desserts. into like
3: I would like melt. I would turn <laughs> into like liquid, and I would cease to exist if that happened to me. Don't, no one ever do that for me, please. <laughs> I beg you you
1: had yesterday off did you do anything interesting
3: uh no i mean yeah we uh, i just hung out and there's a uh there's like a brewery on the corner of my my block and so my wife and i went there with the dogs the dogs didn't drink anything so it was just <laughs> and my wife and um but yeah it was you know it was a nice i had no plans just wanted a day where i just didn't I wanted a day where I wasn't online all fucking day. Like, cause that's what yeah. I, when I'm not, when I'm working, I'm literally online like 12 hours a day and it makes me want to die. So I wanted a day where I wasn't like constantly checking the internet and just, you know, relaxing. And that was it. It was, you know, I'm, I'm getting older now I'm approaching officially midlife. So I'm going to reach a point where I'm going to just stop acknowledging my birthday. Cause I don't want to think about, my impending death so so this is like this will be one of my last birthdays i think i got like one more left and then i, I just stop acknowledging it entirely
1: uh, okay so it's, did you leave your phone at home
3: no i brought of course what do you think i am peter I'm a loser i'm always i always have my phone
1: have you ever tried to do that? Have you ever tried to leave your phone at home to like just go for a walk with like the dogs? Or I don't something?
3: think I. I mean, I, I, there's probably been like one or, to, one or two times where I have accidentally left my phone at home and like I feel <laughs> naked. So I don't think I, I, I mean, I wish I could just like put it in like a drawer for like, you know, a day and be like, I'm not going to look at this, but that'll never happen. Who am I kidding?
1: It's funny how dependent we have got. Yeah, I've, I've never actively tried this, but I've definitely done it where i have left my phone at home when i went for like a walk or something and then like probably 10 times during the walk i I, you know pat my my pocket and there's no phone and have the freak out moment and i'm like oh yeah i forgot i left the phone at home and then like go to look something up oh it's not there i don't know it's just so amazing how much we rely on this device
3: plus it's like you know you might need it for numbers and like i don't I don't, you know, when I was younger and cell phones didn't really exist, you had to, you had to memorize people's phone numbers. But, you know, I haven't done that in years. Like, I don't know what, I don't even know, like, what my wife's phone number is, like, off the top of my head. Like, I have to, you know, so, you know, I need my phone. God damn it. That's all I have to say.
1: I was thinking about that the other day. I couldn't tell you, you know, Kitra and I have been together for six years now, and I couldn't tell you what her phone number is. I can't even tell you the area code.
3: Yeah, you don't need that information anymore. That's why. That's why the good Lord invented cell phones. So you don't have to memorize people's phone numbers anymore. Ben, do you
1: know? Do you know Amy's number? I do, but only
0: because I've had to. Um, for some reason, I've had to give it out. I like fill out forms or something, or like I don't know. That, that's the only, literally the only number that I know. I don't this... know my parents' phone numbers. I don't know anything, but I, I had to memorize that one for some reason for, yeah, some sort of form or something that I was filling out like a long time ago, and it's the only one that stuck with me.
3: This reminds me of that scene in Gone Girl where they ask Ben Affleck if he knows what his wife's blood type is, and he doesn't. And everyone's <laughs> like, really? And I just want to add, I do not know what my wife's blood type is either, so... <laughs> I don't even know what my blood type is, so yeah, I don't know that either. I'm, yeah, whatever. God forbid I like I ever ever the host, like, what's your blood type? I don't know. Give me you know, give me the good stuff. That's what I'll say. Give me the all
2: of us would do terribly in either a disaster movie or if we were sent back in time to like the nineties and yeah. we'd have to no people. Yeah, we'd be
0: doomed. Just like, uh, uh Sir, it says you've written down your blood type
1: is just the word cinema. I don't think that applies <laughs> here. I don't <laughs> I, I will say that I do know my dad's phone number, and the only reason I know this. it's the only phone number I know other than my phone number. And the only reason I know this is he's had a cell phone since I was in high school, and he has the same phone number. So so back in high school, I had to like you know before I had a cell phone. I had to memorize that number. So that number has been burned into my brain at some point, but Okay, uh, we, we've gone way, way off the rails here. Let, let's continue on with what we've been doing. I uh, This past week, I didn't do, really do much. We, I, I've been out and about. Um, it's been good weather here in California. And uh, the Pacific P- Park at Santa Monica Pier, this is the, the amusement park that's on the edge of the pier. You see it in Iron Man 1 or 2 or both. You've seen a bunch of movies it Has a Ferris wheel and has a roller coaster. It's been closed for over the last year, and they just reopened this past week. Uh, so Kitra and I went down there on a weekday because we thought it would not be busy on a weekday afternoon. And we were wrong. It was very busy. <laughs> but uh, they they did limit entrance to the amusement park portion of the pier. Uh, We did a video for ordinary adventures. You can go check that out, but it was fun. But I will say we were there until I think like five or six o'clock. And once four o'clock hit, it got even busier. And we were like, okay, we were planning on staying there until like nighttime to see like the lights come on and stuff. But it was like too many people there. So we were like, you know, we're out of here. And um, the other thing I did this weekend, Everything's opening here in California because the cases are way down. Um, and, uh, you know, everybody has their vaccines and are, are feeling invincible, even though they aren't, you know, I've <laughs> uh, I went to the Rose Bowl flea market. This is the flea market they have uh, that surrounds the Rose Bowl in Pasadena, California, and it's been going on for over 50 years. It has over two thousand five hundred different vendors it is the biggest flea market on the West coast of this country. And I had never been to it. So it was reopening for the first time in over a year. We decided to to head down there and uh, they limited capacity. It felt uh, safe. Everybody was wearing their masks. They require masks and, you know, the state requires masks. Um, but it, it was fun. And again, we recorded another video for ordinary adventures. And uh, yeah, we didn't end up buying anything, but it, it's fun to see like when I was a kid, flea markets, my dad used to take me to a lot of flea markets, and it used to be a lot of, like, antiques. And sure, there's still antiques at these flea markets, but if it really feels like flea markets are now catering towards the hipsters, and it's all just, like, 80s toys and, like, nostalgia and not, you know, real, quote-unquote, antiques. Uh, but, uh, Ben, have you ever been to the Rose Bowl? Walmart? Uh no, I I have not.
0: I um I did this thing where I wore a different uh t-shirt every single day of my senior year of high school for some reason. Um so I went to a lot of flea markets and uh like uh thrift stores and stuff like that um at that time, but I have not been since and so that task once that task was completed, I was like, "You know what? I think this chapter of my life is over. I'm not really interested in being in these spaces anymore."
1: Wait, so how many t-shirts?
0: Uh, I don't remember how many days are in a school year, but um, yeah, it just sort of worked out that way. I had like a ton and then uh, I like borrowed some from friends. I don't know, it, get, it got to the point where like halfway through the year, or, or maybe not, not not halfway, that's ridiculous. Uh, a couple months into the year, I realized that I hadn't worn the same shirt uh, all year yet. And then I think I had a friend of mine from a different school who did something similar. And I was like, oh, that's a cool idea. Maybe I can do that. And then... I don't know. It was just like something to keep me sane as I was like tapping my foot, waiting just to get out of high school. So,
1: ah, that would have been cool if like you had taken a photo of you every day and then made one of those like morphing, you know, videos or whatever. (laughs) Yeah. montage. Yeah. They had, we didn't even go to the the clothing section. This place was like too big. By the end, we were just like tired from walking. It was like, the, because it goes around the entire Rose Bowl. And they had a whole section for, you know, vintage clothing and stuff. And I'm sure you could have found wardrobe for, you know, years of, of <laughs> high school there if you wanted to. <laughs> but, um okay. Uh But if you want to check out those videos, they're both up on Ordinary Adventures right now. And I think they're fun. So go check them out. Brad, uh, speaking of fun, what have you been up to?
4: Oh, the most fun that I have had... um, Actually, I won't say all year because this has been a really shitty year so far. <laughs> but uh, I I got my um, one of my wisdom teeth out um, because so a long time ago. Let me preface this by say saying that it had been a very long time since I had been to the dentist, um, mostly because a combination of for a while I didn't have health insurance, and then also um, I just don't like the dentist. Uh, it's it's not to the point where like I have a phobia of it. I just really don't ever feel comfortable there I'm not sure that anybody necessarily does but like I just I, I, I think of the, the scraping of my teeth and the drilling and these things and I, it's something that I just don't like and so um, I had never had any problem with my teeth for, for the longest time but a long time ago I had um uh, I had lost a piece of a wisdom tooth but I never did anything about it because it, it didn't hurt me at all after it happened and it hadn't hurt forever until recently. Um, when it started throbbing um, consistently but dully, it wasn't super painful. But then when I I noticed that when I would drink uh, cold liquids, I would get a very sharp, searing, lightning bolt kind of pain shooting through that tooth. So I I assumed that whatever had happened underneath the surface was now bad enough that it was um, starting to like hit the nerve or, or whatever it was. And so I I made um, Uh, I have health insurance now, and so and I I had you know just hadn't gone to the dentist, and I finally went and uh, got it taken look look at I got it looked at, and it was it was cracked, and they said that since it was a wisdom tooth, the best course of action was just to pull it out, and they did. Um the the downside was that this wisdom tooth, uh was not straight rooted. So it really required some prying in addition to also they have to like make an incision on your gums to properly get it out. Um, the good news is, is that for somebody who hates going to the dentist, it was a, a, as pleasant an experience as it can be with somebody digging in your mouth for, you know, an extended period of time. Um, here's something that at least, at least I don't know if this is like standard practice at all dentist office, but they put on movies for you now uh, because they have, they had a TV screen like set up on an arm. Above me, and they put on Return of the Jedi. I didn't even have to request Return of the Jedi; they just put it on. Um, and so it's comforting to have, like, hear something that you like, you know, while you're getting a tooth pulled out. Um, but it was a painless procedure. They gave me plenty of Novocaine; didn't feel anything. Didn't even like realize he had pulled it out until he had said it was pulled out. Um, and it wow. was, yeah, and it was. Uh, there was some pretty, pretty serious decay because it had been cracked and just sat there for so long. It looked kind of like a zombie tooth. Um, yeah, I didn't get to keep it, um, though they normally let you keep your teeth if you want them, but I guess right now, because of COVID restrictions, since there was blood involved and like there was blood on the tooth, they can't give it out because of health and safety. Um, but I took some pictures of it for my own, you know, just, just just memories,
1: (laughs) your own memories.
4: (laughs) Yeah. And so it's, it hasn't, the recovery hasn't been too bad. It's, um, the Novocaine lasts for like hours after you're done. And so I didn't feel any pain until later in the evening. Um, and then they gave me some pretty good painkillers for the few, first few days afterwards um, and it's still healing I still I still feel the um, the stitches they did to and the suture um, for to, to allow my gums to heal and um, fill back up but like I, I had to eat like soft foods for the first two or three days so like jello pudding, mashed potatoes that kind of thing and then gradually worked my way into regular foods with like scrambled eggs and oatmeal and now I'm pretty much eating regular stuff I'm, I'm avoiding more. Um harder to chew things I, I, or like crispier things, so I'm not really eating like chips right now or like chewy meat or or anything like that, and I'm chewing on you know, on the left side of my mouth where the the um, tooth is and so they said it would take like two weeks before like it healed overall and there's still a little bit of like dull pain here and there just from where like the stitches are and everything but uh, otherwise, like I said as somebody who hates the dentist, uh, I wasn't upset with with how it turned out. <laughs>
1: Has anybody else here gotten their wisdom teeth taken out while they were in adult?
3: Uh, I had one pulled. I can't remember when it was a few years ago, but it was, um, it was like in, yeah, it was a wisdom tooth that had a uh, sort of the same thing that it had like, um, I think I had a cavity and they were like, we're just going to pull it out. And it was weird. Like they, you know, they numb me and then I don't feel anything, but I could definitely like tell there was a guy with pliers in my mouth i'm just sitting there and i'm like i should probably feel something but i don't feel anything as this man digs into my head with tools so it was it was a surreal experience and i've never had it again the
4: the most terrifying thing actually was so while they, they have like a tool that like they grab the tooth and then like they have a, a pry tool to like pull it out and everything the 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 thing that really sucked that worried me was every now and then you would hear a sound when they were like putting pressure on it or like squeezing it to pull yeah. it and pry it that it sounds like the tooth is cracking. And I'm like, oh, my God, is this just going to shatter in my mouth? But I guess, I guess it's just like the tool like shifting across, you know, the, the tooth itself and, and scraping because, yeah, it was it was terrifying.
1: I had the same exact thing happen, I want to say, like seven years ago, but I don't think they did Novocaine. They did um, some kind of uh, anesthesia.
4: Oh okay,
1: but uh I now hearing you say how painless it was makes me wish I did novocaine because i I remember taking this anesthesia and them going to do it, and like me being kind of out of it, but not really out of it, and it like still feeling the pain but not really feeling the pain Yikes! <laughs> and uh, I also remember that these tools like I mean. <laughs> you'd think that there'd be like more technological they're really just like using like like hardware tools to rip your tooth out of your skull like they really aren't that advanced of of technology in terms of tools and it's really kind of shocking that we have not (laughs) improved that in any sort at least you know where i was now i'm not saying they were like hammer and nails i'm not Suggesting that. But you
3: went to see Steve Martin's character from Little Shop of horrors That
1: was her day. Yeah. But I I I don't really remember much of it, but uh the person that was with me was out in the waiting room and they said they could hear me screaming in the hallway for the entire thing.
0: Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, so. while we're on this, uh, I feel like this is the, the point, the only time that I would ever bring something like this up is, uh, this was probably like 2018 or something like that. I, I went to the dentist so many times because just on a normal visit one time, they were like, Oh yeah, there's a big problem with your mouth. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Nobody has ever said that there's oh, a problem no. with anything. And they're like, yeah, we actually have to pull one of your back teeth out. I had already gotten my wisdom teeth out when I was a teenager, but they're like, we have to pull one of your, one of your back teeth out. Or else like a giant abscess is going to form and, uh, your mouth is going to like slide off of your body or some <laughs> insane shit. I don't know. I don't remember exactly what they said. What? I, like, well, <laughs> I guess, I guess you have to do that then. So they, I went like probably six times in a year or something like that. And they ended up taking a tooth out and replacing it with, um, like a, a plastic tooth. So I, I feel this. I have it in my mouth still, this plastic tooth in the back right corner of my mouth. It's so weird. Every time my tongue touches it, I'm like, oh God, what a weird experience to just uh, have this that weirdo so, thing. So
3: I've never heard of that. Why would they even put a thing in there? Why not just like leave? Like, cause yeah. my, this was tooth that I had pulled was in the back and they didn't like replace the tooth. It's just like a, a hole back there, but you can't see it because it's in the back. Is it like...
0: I don't know, I guess it's it's because it's not a wisdom tooth because oh, yeah. had already been those had already been taken out. So it was like the the next one or something. And like, if they just took it out and left it, then like maybe all of my teeth would have slowly slid toward the back of my mouth. <laughs> what? do so I weird. I don't know. <laughs> you know. They told me all sorts of weird stuff like that. And I don't remember all of the specifics. So I apologize to anybody who actually cares about this. Um, <laughs> but it's just so, uh, I was like, well, you know, we're in tooth corner Slash on Daily here. And
1: this is the only time I ever get to talk about this. Wow. We, we've really gone off the rails here. <laughs> Apparently when Jacob's not around, there's, there's no structure here. Okay, HT, uh, what have you been up to?
2: I got vaccinated. I got the Yay. Johnson & Johnson vaccine. And I think that makes me the last person on staff to finally get the vaccine. I'm very happy. I went through this whole like goose chase. I've updated some of you guys on the whole thing, but it was just basically me running around New York trying to get a surplus of Various, you know, vaccines and finally getting an appointment for one after they expanded eligibility last week to everyone under 30. So I got it and I can rest easy. And uh, except for, you know, well, I, I won't I won't go into like the whole my whole thoughts on the whole Johnson and Johnson being. Um, uh, Paused. suspended. Yeah, yeah. Because of the because of uh, a couple of cases of, of women finding like, rare blood clots. But uh, I, I think I'm in the clear. I'm pretty sure.
1: Yeah. I don't know, from whatever, yeah, let's not get into that, but it seems like it's like a technicality and not like a big concern at this point, so.
2: Yes, exactly.
1: Uh, And you launched a Patreon.
2: Yes, Um, big news, Jacob and I, uh, for our podcast, Checking Through Time and Space, which is a watch podcast for Star Trek and Doctor Who, we launched a Patreon for it, and we've got people who are um, subscribing to the Patreon, like people like us and um it's it's very exciting it's it's uh checking through time and it's well sorry not checking through time and space it's patreon.com slash checking through time and space um and uh we have five levels um uh, you can get bonus episodes or early access episodes if you uh you know give us a little a couple of bucks every month and uh you know, give us your support and uh, we'll give you much more of Star Trek and Doctor Who shenanigans and me making bad puns and that kind of stuff. So uh, <laughs> thank you for everyone who has uh, supported the Patreon. And um, please, if you guys are interested in either Star Trek or Doctor Who or me and Jacob talking about those things, please please feel free to check it out.
1: Yeah. How cool is that? Uh, you know, I, I launched the Patreon last uh, was it last year? Yeah, it was last year at this point. <laughs> and uh I don't know. I I'm so grateful for everybody that like listens to us, that watches us, that reads us and you know whatever. But it's 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 like another feeling altogether when someone's like willing to put like a dollar down to be like I like you so much that I'm going to, you know, put my money where my mouth is and like help support this thing that you know you want to do. I don't know. So it, it's really cool that you are you are getting all these these supporters. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, let's move on to what we've been reading. HD, you're the only one who has been reading things this week.
2: Yeah, I after getting the uh, Johnson Johnson vaccine, I decided to try to to take a break away from the screen as well. Uh, you know, give myself a me- little me time, relax, just. Spend my day afterwards reading a book and uh, take it easy in case I did get any symptoms. I got very minimal symptoms. Um, but I started reading my latest book of the month, which was Opal and the Final Revival of Opal and Nev. It's written by Donnie Walton. And it's a book about this fictional um, music duo uh, that's told in the style of an oral history uh, written by this journalist who. Uh, has sort of like a connection to one of the musicians in the in this duo um af- from her father who's like has like this this dark sort of past with with the the lead singer of this group and it's it's really great it's um it yeah it's written like oral history so it's kind of gives a different type of approach to that sort of uh, um black cultural um background and history that goes back from the 60s to present day and it has the ongoing sort of mystery too of that journalist who is writing this oral history discovering more about her her father and his connection to this this duo and and um the kind of secrets that are being unearthed uh, it's wonderfully written it's uh, a great i think debut novel from donnie walton so i i highly recommend it that's the final revival of opal and nev
1: and I know you weren't going to talk about this, but before we started recording, you told us that you had recently started uh, reading a lot of Game of Thrones fan fiction.
2: Yeah, it's not even a recent thing. I I've I've been revisiting some old Game of Thrones fan fictions, even because in my in my day, it's an attempt to get away from the screen, I end up failing and just went to my phone and started. I went to archive of our own, which is my favorite fan fiction website, and uh, just I don't know why why this happened, but I was feeling nostalgic, I guess, and decided to check out what was going on in the Game of Thrones fan fiction community. And I I actually have read fan, Game of Thrones fan fiction way before I started watching the show. I was reading the books, and I was so. Uh, enamored with the characters and the, and the world that I decided to just start reading some fan fiction while I was waiting for like the show to begin and to for new seasons of the show. And um, yes, it's one thing I will say is that um, the Game of Thrones fanfic writers are a uh, far and away the best writing community uh, of fan fiction writers that i've I've read. Um, and I don't know why that is, but like they have, they're at a almost professional level, uh, which I find, which is why I think I keep going back to Game of Thrones fan fiction every now and then. Um, but yeah, are,
1: are they better than the fan fiction writers that did the last season of the show?
2: Yeah, I mean that's probably why there's so many of them. <laughs> There's actually there's an interesting um, trend that I'm seeing in the Game of Thrones fanfics is that there's like these these fix it type of fanfictions where the events of the last season happened to much more dire consequences and a cup a handful of characters remember but then they're like they wake up back at the beginning of the show and are like wow we can't allow that to happen. So they basically like start to uh, relive the events, but um, with the memory so of So it's what Game happened. of Thrones
1: Groundhog Day? It's the it's nightmare it's of a, Game of
2: Thrones. It's the nightmare of Game of Thrones. We're like, oh God, we can't let that happen. Um, but I, actually, it's an it's a interesting um, sort of uh, plot construct because it allows for a different kind of tension to be introduced to the show in addition to all the familiar elements. So it's not just a retread, but something with like an added element so added narrative element so that's actually that was one that I read that I was like oh this is actually pretty interesting but it didn't get updated since twenty nineteen so it's very it's very sad. I read 37 chapters of it though so that was my weekend.
1: Jeez 37 chapters okay let's move on to what we've been watching uh Brad and Ben both saw Bad Trip. Uh Brad let's start with you. What did you think of Bad Trip?
4: Uh I had a lot of fun with this movie. You know um it's it's pretty much what you expect um, you know, it's a it's a a narrative prank movie that you know does stunts si- similar to like Borat and Jackass, but there's a story uh, that weaves through it that connects them all together with uh, Eric Andre and uh, Lil Ray Howery going on this road trip so that Eric Andre can tell his high school sweetheart that he loves her, um, and it's it's all just a you know a vague setup to pull off these pranks on unsuspecting people and oftentimes these kinds of movies usually end up being a little more uh, mean-spirited or like really like, ah, gotcha, you know, And, and like doing just like gross out kind of things or things that expose people for being terrible. And what I found really interesting about Bad Trip is there's actually a lot of surprising and wonderful moments of people really being nice and going out of their way to help people, even in situations that are kind of like, dangerous and it would be ill-advised to help a person uh like there's a scene where tiffany haddish is uh she uh, they make it look like she's escaped from prison by hiding under um the you know the um a, a bus a prison transfer bus and there's one like blue collar worker standing there who sees and like he he just like tells her he's like you have to get out of here like you have you have to go and when the security guard comes around he tries <laughs> to like you know, like play it off like he didn't see anything or anything like that. Um, and there's another uh, a stunt where they make it look like uh, Eric Andre and um, and little are in this car accident and the car blows up. But then like it's their point where they're fighting as friends. And this one guy he's trying to like calm them down and keep them away from each other and stop them from fighting. And then when he finds out that the car is basically stolen, he's like he tells he he's like okay, well you guys should probably get out of here before the cops show up, you know. And just it's it was really interesting just to see how many people were like willing to help in the, the craziest situations or like, were genuinely worried for like their safety when things happen. Um, and so it's, it's really fun. And, uh, and I, I, j- I just enjoyed it. It's, you know, it's a silly kind of, it's kind of prank movie. Ben, what did you think?
0: I thought the exact same thing. And I was actually going to highlight those, those two, uh, I guess, civilians that you mentioned because I, I was sort of taken with them as well. And, and the way that the movie, um, yeah, gave them room to, uh, to like, yeah, just be good people. And, and, um, yeah, I, I, liked, I, I liked this movie so much more than I thought I was going to because this is one of those films, I think... Okay, so uh, according to an interview with Men's Health, I just looked this up, uh, Eric Andre said that filming for this movie took place between October of 2017 and December of 2018. And this movie was just released on Netflix like a couple weeks ago. Um, so, you know, the pandemic obviously was a, a factor in that uh, delay, but still, that was shot a long time ago. And typically when a movie... Was filmed that long ago, and there's that big of a gap between then and when it finally comes out. The movie is just trash, and it's like, you know, an embarrassment that a studio is trying to just dump or get rid of, or, and like, you know, put uh, with as little fanfare as possible. And this movie did not feel like that. It felt like, oh, this is, you know, capitalizing and, and executing on its concept to like a really high degree. So I, I found it to be very, very funny. I think a lot of this stuff like any comedy will be um you know hit or miss depending on your sense of humor and stuff like that. There are some uh pranks and and scenarios where I felt like, you know, that that were not as uh as great as others, but that's kind of like what you get in in a scenario like this. There are so many different um pranks and situations that like even if you hate one, just wait five minutes and another one will be on the way. It's that kind of vibe. So uh, yeah, bad trip way better than I thought it was going to be.
4: And also yeah. what's also satisfying is that the, throughout the entire credits, they show um, the people like reacting and uh, when they're told that it was a prank that was filmed for a movie and like how they react and talking to them and everything, which is which is thoroughly entertaining as well.
0: Yeah, there were, so, there were so many times where I was like, I just looked at my wife and we were just talking like, can you imagine being in this scenario and <laughs> like thinking that this is real and just wondering what those people were going through? And yeah, it was really nice to be able to see those reactions and that sort of uh, credits or post credits or whatever, that whole breakdown at the very end.
1: That's awesome because I do feel like when I see these kind of movies or shows, I'm I'm always more interested like, you know, when I watch board, I'm like, oh, how did they set this up? How did this play out? How did, you know, these people sign off for this? How did it get in-? like I'm maybe not the logistics, but, like, you know, I-, I would love to see the people learning that it is a prank movie or something. And I've heard a lot of favorable stuff about this. so I'm going to have to check this out. Where, where can I see Bad Trap? Netflix. It's on Netflix. 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 Uh, ben, what else have you been watching? Uh,
0: so Chris and I both saw a, a new HBO uh, true crime series called Pray, Obey, Kill, which I happen to think is a terrible title. Um, Chris, did, what do you think about this title?
3: Yeah, it, it sounds too much like eat, pray, love and stuff like that. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: very. Uh, they definitely could have come up with something else, I think. But um, I think it, let me see, it it debuts uh, when? Um I think it actually premiered already. Oh yeah, April 12th. The first two episodes are out right now. Uh, I only saw the first two episodes and Chris, you've seen all five or six? How many are there?
3: Uh, Yeah, I saw all five.
0: Okay. Um, So uh, this show is set in Sweden and it involves this really, really small town and there's a murder that took place in 2004 um, where the wife of a pastor was murdered and a neighbor across the street was also, uh, or was injured, I guess. And this case suddenly blows up because of the, it, it sort of falls in this intersection of uh, murder and religion in this really fascinating way. Um, with only the first two episodes to go on, I'm not quite sure if I love the show yet, but I am curious about it. And it's it's just so, uh, yeah, kind of like, um Unlike a lot of the other uh, true crime stuff that I've seen, because this religious component is so um, intertwined with everything that's going on, there's a a woman that is I think she, she goes by like the what is what is her name? Chris, do you remember like the bride of of uh, I think it's so the, the bride of Christ. Thing bride or. of Christ, yes. Um, and all of these like religious things that are that are. Um, you know, not part of any religion that I ever grew up in. Um, so it's just, it's sort of like cultish uh, behavior going on here. And I don't know, I haven't gotten enough, you know, far enough into the show to know if it actually is a cult or if it's just a, you know, sort of some sort of sect of uh, a different branch of, of whatever type of religion. But anyway, um, that that stuff I think is like at the heart of this this show, that intersection between the religion and this murder. And like uh, whether the person who committed the murder thinks that God was the one who's telling them to do this and the, the power struggles that happen within the church and this, this very tight knit and small congregation and these people who are like making moves to, you know, fill power vacuums and stuff like that. So um, there's a lot going on here, at least in the first couple episodes, but Chris, I'm curious what you think. And then also if you think having seen the whole thing that it's like worth watching all the way to the end.
1: And Chris, you know, Chris, no spoilers for, for reality. For, yeah, I won't.
3: No yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm a little conflicted. I, I said this before. I watch a lot of true crime. It's like the one thing my wife and I just watch together all the time. And I'm getting a re- really uh, annoyed <laughs> lately because they all keep suffering from the same problem is that they there are too many episodes. And almost all of these new, these, these newer true crime docuseries could easily be like oh you know a documentary a one and done thing and tell the same story but better and more uh precisely and i i'm getting a little annoyed with this this, like there's clearly someone somewhere who has like a checklist and they're like all right we'll, we'll green light your true crime thing but it has to have a certain amount of episodes, you know, it has to be basically like a podcast. It has to be less less a, a docu series, more of a podcast. And it, what, it, what
1: do you think is to blame? Is it making of a murder?
3: I guess because you know, making a murder obviously isn't the first true crime thing, but it's sort of ignited this this latest boom we have where everyone keeps churning out new docu series. And again, I I like this in theory because you know I want a good true crime docuseries give you know i'm fine with multiple episodes if the multiple episodes uh have an end game have a point have you know the the you know they contribute to the story but uh this and so many others i've seen recently don't do that they have episodes where it just really feels like they're they're spinning some wheels and they're just trying to pad the runtime and it, it's frustrating because you can see you know a glimmer of something better underneath and there you know there are interesting things here. I mean, the case itself is fascinating. Uh, There's a thing they do here where during the trial of one of the suspects, uh, they had this person reenact the murders at the crime scene and they filmed it. And you see that footage and I've never really, seen anything like this before where it's like the actual murderer at a crime scene reenacting the murders they did wow and what makes it even more surreal is not of they show the footage they showed in court but they show like behind the scene footage where there's like director and a crew and they're all like joking around with this murderer and they're like all right you go stand there and they're talking about like blocking the shot and lighting and like stuff like that is neat because i you know i I haven't seen that before in the true crime series and there's another thing they do where uh if you watch a lot of true crime you'll you'll, and really just documentaries in general lately uh they keep falling back on drone shots where it's just anytime they want to set a mood or show where something's taking place it'll cut to you know a drone hovering over some trees or a house or stuff like that. It's getting uh, almost a cliche at this point. And this series, at first, it does this really cool thing where instead of doing drone shots, they actually have like a miniature model representation of uh, it's, it's a commune where the characters, not the characters, where the people are living. And, you know, it's, you know, little model houses and little model cars. And I was like, Oh, that's neat. They're, they're breaking the mold and then they immediately just start showing actual drone shots. I'm like, why the fuck? (laughs) I was like, why the fuck did you bother building that model if you're just going to have the drone shots anyway? So it's like, I don't know. Stuff like this just drives me fucking nuts. But again, that's partially that's because I watch so much of this shit. Like if you only, if you're like a casual true crime viewer, you might Mm -hmm. find this a lot more interesting than I did, but I'm, I'm sort of become like jaded where I like, uh, I'm sure it's like Peter watching a magic show where like, I know all the tricks. I know all the ins and outs of how they're pulling this stuff off. So I'm like, ah, I know exactly what they're doing here and I wish they would do it differently. So, uh, you know, this is an interesting story. I I do think, uh, some people will get something out of this. I just wish it were better, but that's, you know, that's, (laughs) that's my rallying cry for everything these days. I just (laughs) wish it were better. Give me something better. Does, uh,
1: is this the ending of the story without revealing anything? Is that interesting enough for Ben to like, what is your advice to Ben? Uh,
3: I mean, if Ben, uh, you said you liked the first two episodes, right?
1: I think so. Yeah. It's a little,
0: they were a little slow, but I was curious and interested in what's going on.
3: I think if you liked the first episodes or you were interested enough, it's, it's worth sticking with. I mean, what else you got to do, Ben, just watch it. <laughs> <laughs> but Like I wouldn't call this like a must watch, but it's, you know, it's it's well made i guess it's handsomely directed you know it could be worse there's a i don't want i can't name what it is because it's a bargain but there's an upcoming true crime thing that i watched also over the weekend on netflix for netflix and boy this thing stunk it made me like angry so uh, i watched this and the netflix thing back to back and this was the better of the two so make of that what you will all
0: right and it's called pray obey kill and it's on hbo if anybody's interested
1: Oh, I have one more question because I know that this was originally filmed in Sweden and released overseas somewhere. So is this in English or is it subtitled? What no, are... it's subtitled. Yeah, which the is... whole thing is subtitled.
0: Okay. That's the only one of the only downsides is that like um, characters will be talking during talking head uh, sequences, like interviews. And you'll be trying to read uh, the the um, translation of what they're saying, the subtitles of what they're saying. But then... A graphic will also come up on the side of the screen saying who they are and you know their their pertinence to the case or whatever. And so you're you're forced to try to read both things at the same time. And like sometimes you're like, wait a second, who is this person? Because you're trying to it's all in uh in Swedish. So um that's a, a very, very tiny nitpick, but uh something that I encountered anyway.
1: Okay. I haven't really had time to watch much TV this week or movies or anything. But I have fallen a little bit more down that Mr. Beast rabbit hole. After I mentioned this last week, I got a couple emails and tweets basically being like, Peter, you're the last person on Earth to discover Mr. Beast, which is not true because based on the reaction of the people on this you know panel on this podcast. I I am certainly not the last person to discover Mr. Beast,
3: but, uh, I mean, I, I'm just going to add, I will never, ever watch Mr. Beast. <laughs> so you're definitely not the last person.
1: Oh, well, if you guys will never watch it, then maybe it is possible. I am the last right
3: No, Someone else will watch it.
1: I'm sure at some point. <laughs> uh, well, anyways, I, I, what happens with YouTube is when you watch a couple videos from one creator, it keeps on like recommend, even if you're not subscribed to that creator, it keeps on recommending that creator to you on your main YouTube home screen. And I use YouTube for not only watching, I watch a lot of YouTube, but we have YouTube TV. So we watch, uh, you know, our cable on our YouTube on our Apple TV. So uh, they've been recommending a lot of Mr. Beast. And one of the holes I've fallen down with, with Mr. Beast videos is, uh, He does this series of videos where he he goes on Twitch and he finds a Twitch streamer that is interesting. That's playing a video game, be it Fortnite or Minecraft or something. And he'll donate, you know, on Twitch, like it's kind of like YouTube where you can super chat someone. People are playing this so that people will donate money to, you know, they, they make a living playing these video games. And he will donate tens of thousands of dollars randomly to these people. Uh, Some of these videos, I think he donated $100,000 to a couple different or a few different people. And seeing the reaction. Well, first of all, he does this in a variety of ways that is very interesting. I, I think, first of all, this doesn't have any of the problems that maybe I was talking about last week with Jacob. Whereas, you know, he's going up, he's not going up to a random homeless man on the street. He's not going up to some guy working his McDonald's job and like offering him money. Like he's not, I mean, he is, he is making money off someone, uh, for, you know, giving them money. But in this case, it's people that are on Twitch already looking for money. So I I think that 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 part of it's fine, but number two, some of the times he'll, find a twitch streamer that's not popular so he'll find a twitch streamer that only has one person watching their twitch stream and he will tweet out the link to that twitch stream to his you know on his mr beast account which i'm guessing has millions of people following him and then within minutes this twitch streamer that who's never you know doesn't have more than 100 subscribers didn't have more than one person watching them now instantly has like ten thousand people in their Twitch stream, watching them, uh, play video games and he'll, you know, donate a little amount of money like me, or not a little amount of money. He'll donate like a thousand dollars and see the reaction. And like, if the reaction's good, he keeps on going and going. And it's, I don't know. It's really great to see some of these people, some of these people who, you know, went to college and trying to pay off their college loans to, to get like $30,000 just donated and like break down into tears like in the, the middle of this live stream and i don't know it, it, it's
2: so peter are you saying that we what? should just all start twitch streams and quit our jobs and <laughs> maybe we'll be found by mr beast and get thirty thousand dollars
1: maybe and, and there's also another thing he does where, where there's a couple series of videos where he'll go onto to twitch stream and he'll make up a rule so he'd be like okay so uh this game right here, however many times they blink in the next minute, I'll give them a thousand dollars for every blink. And they don't know he's there and they don't know the rule. So you're really like hoping that the person, you know, that doesn't know about this, doesn't know that, you know, that, that there's consequences to how many times they blink. You're hoping that they blink a lot because <laughs> yes. you want them to get the money. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, that's what I'm saying, HD. We should all quit our jobs and just. Twitch stream and hopefully mr beast will find us and give us money but uh yeah anyways again i'm the last person in the world that is going to watch mr beast that's found mr beast uh but that's what i've been watching and i don't know it it makes me happy to see these people uh the self i don't know can you call it selflessness if he's if he has a show that is no, no, <laughs> he's, I guess he is he doing
3: this for attention. You cannot call yeah. itself as, as noble, that, that, as noble as it might be. He's still doing it yeah. to further his own.
1: He forever. is doing it to further his own thing. But I did read an interview recently with him that says he, he actually loses money most of the time with his videos. So most of the money is actually going to the person that is getting the thing. Um, but he's hoping in the end to, you know, obviously get more subscribers for channel and make money on merch. So he's hoping to make money on other ways, but I don't know. I think it's, it's interesting that someone, I don't know in a world where there are so many douchebags out there doing prank videos and being assholes that there's this guy that sure, there is some profiting off the expense of others here, but he's, he is giving back to people. I don't know. Anyways, uh he can
4: profit uh off the uh, you know others all he wants to as long as he pays off my student loans. So, <laughs> you know, I'm sure he's not listening, but if he is, um come find me and pay <laughs> off my student loans, please. I I whatever.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh okay, Brad, what have you been watching?
4: Uh, I watched Godzilla versus Kong uh on the old HBO Max. Um haven't gone back to movie theaters yet cuz I just got my second vaccine shot last weekend, so Waiting for that to get to full efficacy before I really head back to theaters. I think the first movie I see in theaters will probably end up being Mortal Kombat. So hopefully that's not too disappointing. Yeah. Um, but Godzilla vs Kong was was fun. Uh, I'm sure you guys have talked about this already, so I won't waste too much of your time. But obviously the human stuff sucks. The monster fights are cool. Um, lots of uh, great visuals. And, yeah, I mean, that's, it's, it's definitely much more bonkers than Kong Skull Island, even, or, you know, Godzilla, King of the Monsters, uh, or the, the first um, movie that in the Monsterverse that came before that, that rebooted Godzilla. Uh, but I just, I had fun with it, you know, it's, it's the kind of, it's I'm not sure that there's any way to really make the human stuff in these movies matter or actually be good without, you know, taking too much time away from what people really want to see with these movies. So if this is what they're going to be, then I'm, I'm perfectly fine with that as long as they keep the, the Kaiju fights coming like this. So there you go. Godzilla versus Kong fun stuff. Um, We, I also watched uh, the documentary series on YouTube about Demi Lovato, uh, which is called dancing with the devil. And uh, uh, my girlfriend's a big fan of Demi Lovato uh she's an incredible singer she came up from uh disney channel she's been a child star for a long time and you've probably seen in in the tabloids and whatnot that she suffered with uh substance abuse alcohol and drugs she even had a close call where she overdosed and nearly died and this documentary is about all of that um and what's kind of interesting is that uh they were already filming a documentary about demi lovato and her concert tour in 2018 Uh, leading up to the time of when this overdose happened. So they had all this footage that they were supposed to use for a different kind of movie, and they use it uh, as this lead up for this movie that is just more so about her uh, addiction problems and the um, various issues she has had since she was young from uh, an eating disorder that came from obviously being young and famous and a woman in Hollywood – uh, to her, you know, struggles with alcohol and drugs. And, you know, I, there's obviously tons of these stories, uh, in Hollywood that are, that are tragic that you hear about them. Um, this one is just, it's very raw and she's very open and honest along with some of the people who are closest in her circle, her friends and her family. Uh, and just the way they talk about it is very open and and honest and revealing. And it's just, uh, you know, tragic and hard to hear just um, her talk about some of these things and be open with them. But um, it's it's definitely something I think probably a lot of people need to hear. Uh, it's there are obviously a lot of disclaimers because some of the things they talk about are very um, they, they def- will definitely trigger people. There's talk about things like sexual abuse and things like that, um, but a very um. Yeah, just, just an intimate, revealing documentary that, uh, you know, if, if you're a fan of Demi Lovato or not, it's just it's interesting to hear, you know, these these sides of, you know, the world of Hollywood that is always um, depicted to be so glamorous and amazing. So uh, that's on available on uh, YouTube. I don't know if you have to pay for YouTube Premium in order to get access to it or if it's just free on YouTube. Um, I know that I was able to watch it because I have uh, YouTube TV now as my primary um, TV provider. So that's, uh, I was able to watch that there on YouTube. And then, uh, I finally got around to watching host. Um, I don't have shutter, but I, so I rented this from iTunes, uh, but this is a shutter original. It is, uh, very short. It's been talked about before it's like barely an hour long. Um, but it's, uh, such a fun use of, of zoom and, you know, being stuck at home during the pandemic. It's a horror movie that unfolds. Uh, on, in this Zoom meeting between six friends who decided to do a séance just to screw around, famously our team did a séance themselves because of this movie. Um, and this is, is this was just really cleverly done. The way they use the format, uh, they get a lot of really cool original scares um, using you, you things that are unique to uh, Zoom, like uh, face filters and uh, and whatnot. It was just a fun breezy horror movie that has um, it has a lot of jump scares, but it has jump scares that Aren't, they don't feel cheap. You know, they, they work. Um, and it's very suspenseful and, uh, just a, a yeah, a, a good entertaining horror movie to watch. So if, uh, if you have access to shutter or you want to rent it, I think it was $5 to rent it on iTunes. So yeah, definitely worth your time post.
1: Okay. Chris, what have you been watching?
3: Uh, I watched the Muppets take Manhattan because it's on uh, Amazon prime. Now I, I said this a while back on, on the, uh, the water cooler, but I was surprised that the Muppets State Manhattan was not on Disney Plus. And then I learned after the fact, uh, one of our, our readers actually wrote in that Disney doesn't actually own that movie. And they also don't own Muppets from space. And uh, I'm too lazy to look into why that is. And I don't really know the details, but all I know is that Muppet State Manhattan was not available to stream until now. And now it is. And uh, it is delightful. I have nothing new to add. I've seen it before, obviously, but I just love the Muppets, man. There's just something magical about watching the Muppets do their thing and watching them exist in this world where everyone just, you know, is fine with Muppets walking around. No one's (laughs) like, uh, I feel like you couldn't like invent the Muppets these days. It would, it would have like, if they had never existed and someone was trying to come up with the Muppets right now, there'd be something like some bullshit meta thing going on where people are like, these puppets are walking. You know, just something dumb. And (laughs) the, the original Muppets, you know, the whole thing was like, no one ever thinks it's weird that they're interacting with Muppets. That just like, you know, that's, that's the world we all live in. It's just how it is. And uh, there's just something so charming and nice about those original Muppet movies. And uh, I, I really wish they would make another Muppet movie because it's, you know, we haven't had one since uh, Muppets most wanted, which I've talked about before and and have gone on record as saying is a really good movie despite its reputation. So I, I wish I wish we had like you know, give me a new Muppet movie every year. God damn it! Let's go get a get off your butt, Hollywood. Thank you.
1: I'm going to agree with you. I love the Muppets. I Muppet Muppets Take Manhattan. I think is my favorite one of their movies. But I I, I got to disagree with you that <laughs> Muppets Most Wanted is not a good movie.
3: Oh, it's great! Muppets Most Wanted rules. Peter, have you watched uh, it recently? It's so much fun. I don't know. It... I I promise you, if you revisit this, you'll you'll find. Cause I, I don't want to, I'm like going over things I already said before, but I avoided seeing it when it came out. Cause the reputation was not good. Everyone was just like, this is a step down from the Muppets and Jason Segel isn't back. And I was like, well then I won't see it. And so I avoided it all these years. And then just recently, you know, I saw it was on Disney plus. I was like, what the hell? I'm going to give it a chance. And it's so good. It's so much hmm. fun and funny. And the songs are great. I, 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 you know, I will die on this hill. Muppets most wanted good movie. <laughs>
1: The other thing I wanted to comment on what you said is like, you know, the people just treating the Muppets like it's normal for Muppets to be walking around. Not only do they do that, but like, you know, they'll be like, oh, there's a bear over there. And they don't right. like treat it as if like a bear being around in, you know, Central Park would be, a, you know, no one run. Yeah, it's
3: just a normal thing. You know, that's the world. The people live, the characters in that those movies, they fully accept that. Bears will wear hats and hang out in the park and tell jokes, really bad jokes. So I want to live in that world where where everything is charming and full of muppets. Okay, let's move on to
1: what we've been eating. Brad hasn't been eating anything this week because of his tooth. So I will take up the chair with uh, telling me what I've been drinking. And I think I might have mentioned this on a previous podcast. It, it, this came up because uh, Jacob is is you know on a a much needed mini vacation trip and he's drinking uh, he, he posted this this instagram post of he like a couple of us on staff do not drink beer and his wife is trying to teach him the the you know the wonders of beer as he put it and <laughs> and uh i think i was talking with you guys about what what i drink and i i you know i i i just can't stand beer i've tried to give any every kind of beer like a shot and it just hasn't worked for me so i'm i'm more of a cider guy and i love cider and of course hard alcohol and you know fruity (laughs) frozen drinks and stuff like that but i recently discovered something new or not recently i want to say like a few months back discovered something new and that is cutwater spirits and these are these i don't know how you do i guess it's just like in
3: it's like a, a it's like a cocktail in a can, basically.
1: Yeah, it's a cocktail in a can. That that is the perfect way of saying it, uh, Chris. And they originally came out with just a couple flavors. I think they had a uh, tequila margarita. They had a mai tai. They had a vodka mule and something else. But they've added on. Uh, it's become very popular, and they've added on and added on. Uh, they've recently released a bunch of new ones. Like they they have a strawberry margarita, a peach margarita they have um oh my god um it's escaping what's the drink that the the dude likes to drink in uh white russian yes or yeah yeah that's what he drinks i don't know if that's yeah yeah they have that um i really like the white russian i like the tiki rum mai tai and i usually with my tiki rum mai tai i've been drinking it i'll I'll get some pineapple juice i'll mix it with some some ice and some pineapple juice and it and, and these things are strong i'm not sure have you had one of these chris
3: Oh, yeah, I've had a few. Yeah, they're pretty good.
1: Yeah, they they have like two – I forget what it – like two shots of alcohol in most of these. So it's the equivalent of like eight beers. (laughs) Or like, no, sorry, four beers in one. The amount of alcohol is equivalent to four beers in one of these things. So it can easily get you drunk. Uh, Not that I've gotten – you know, I wouldn't get drunk. I, I get buzzed. But uh, I've been drinking these when we do our ordinary adventures uh live streams on youtube uh, but I, I really like them and I've been uh, searching for all the flavors they have this like cold brew one that I've still been unable to find but um I don't know I don't know what it is about these because I could very easily get the ingredients to make them my time myself but am i that is it Chris is it that it that i'm that lazy that it's just like no i mean
3: i under you know sometimes you just don't feel like mixing a goddamn drink especially like there's some drinks they have like five or six ingredients and it's like i don't i just want to i just want to get drunk you know (laughs) i just want to pop a top and start drinking i don't want to you know i don't want to i'm not reenacting fucking Beekman's world over here i don't need like you know (laughs) <laughs> an experiment. <laughs> Just give me a drink. That's all I want.
0: Wait a second. What is Beekman's world? Chris? Beekman's
3: that... world was like Bill Nye the Science Guy, but it was like yeah. A, you never saw Beekman's, You never saw Beekman's world, man. I don't. Like, I don't think so. He had like a. He had like a Brooklyn accent, and <laughs> he had like. Like a cute girl and also a giant rat <laughs> or like his assistants, and he would do experiments. Like he, it was a fun. It was like a, a Saturday morning show. It Was fun. Huh? Maybe I just completely block this out. I have to look
0: up the screenshot to see if I'm. <laughs> this, I, I remember Bill Nye from like uh, you know uh, uh, this high was school like, or, or uh, elementary school science teachers like wheeling the old TV in yeah. and this <laughs> showing this was like Bill Nye, the,
3: but... the punk rock Bill Nye. You know, don't get me wrong. Bill Nye is a cool. He's a cool science guy. But Beekman's World was like the, you know, the 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 cooler one because he had an accent. like mean, oh God, a giant looking, rat! I'm looking at
0: pictures of the rat right now. <laughs> it's just a guy in a really terrible rat
1: costume. Yes, it very was. Funny. I don't
3: think they had much of a budget on Beekman's World. <laughs> uh,
1: okay, we've gone way off track. Basically, what I'm saying, guys, is why hasn't anybody decided to can like a mixed cocktail before this? Like, well, why is it taking this long?
3: There are there are other. I, I think in the I UK think
2: actually there they, are some. They have. I think yeah. I think Trader Joe's sells something like that. Oh, they they sell like yeah. they sell like wine. I think in in cans actually, like sparkling wine or something. Maybe they sell cocktails too. I'm not sure. Hmm.
1: Okay, I'm gonna check out uh, Trader Sam's or Trader, Trader, Trader Joe's. Joe's. Sorry, I'm talking, Trader Sam's is the the Disney Tiki Bar, oh. which is probably gonna get renamed because it's uh, based on a headhunter that's kind of a problematic figure. anyways, okay, we we have reached the end. Is basically what I'm saying. Uh, you can find more all of us at slash dot You can find this podcast on Apple, Google, Overcast, Spotify, all the popular podcast apps. Please feel free to send us your feedback, questions, comments, concerns to us at peter at slash dot and please write and read this podcast on Apple podcast. Tell your friends, spread the word and we'll see you tomorrow. I'm not going to do it to you guys, but on my, if we on ordinary adventures, we we do this thing. We have a PO box where people send, send stuff into the PO box and we, we open it up usually m- once monthly, but we, we haven't done it in a couple months and we just did it this past week. And, one of the packages in this P.O. box that I opened up happened to be the book. Someone sent me the book.
3: <gasps> wow.
2: wow. So I have the
1: book in front of me, but I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do Peter, it. Peter,
2: you said this. you made no. this whole deal out of Jacob not being here at the beginning. Now not doing you're, it. Do, you're pulling this on us.
1: No, I'm not I'm not going to read out of this. This is. It's not going to happen. I have the power to press the stop button. And that's what I'm going to do right